0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything, Dynasty Fantasy Football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan Lamagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. I am flying solo for this week's episode. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. Unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, Mitch and Dan would not be able to join, but the show must go on. Am I right? So this week, there is a lot to talk about. Week 15, the tragedy that was week 15 is almost in the rearview mirror. I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon. Going into the semifinals, a lot of teams, things didn't really play out the way we had hoped, right? But we move forward. If you're out of the playoffs, do not worry. This week's episode is for you. We are at the point now that we are transitioning into the off season. Whether you're out of the playoffs, whether you didn't make the playoffs to begin with, or you have a few teams still in contention, you're you're going into the semifinals week 16, hopefully finals week 17, but there are things that we need to start doing and getting ourselves kind of in that off season mode. And I know a lot of people, they're already there. While I had specific questions for Mitch and Dan lined up, you're stuck with me. First time dynasty managers transitioning from the regular season or playoff mode to offseason mode. Now, there are a lot of things that we are looking at as dynasty managers. And for me, the biggest challenge is going from playoff mode, where especially if you didn't have a trade deadline, you were making moves to put yourselves in a position to compete right now, today. But now, point scoring season is almost coming to an end. And as a result, everything is based on value, value, value. And that is the magic word here as we go into the off season. A lot of moves that are made, whether it's a trade or a startup, people might say, Yeah, that's the best value. And it's like, What, is, what does that mean, really? And for me, when talking about the transition from the regular season or playoff mode to the off season, we talk about value. And I want players that I know are going to have that insulated value. And that's the biggest thing for me when looking at value. And I'm going to run through several players tonight. In our Dynasty Theory Discord, we have two leagues that have kicked off. Two brand new startups. One on MFL, my fantasy league. One over on the sleeper platform. And we have two different groups. I don't think there's any crossover in the managers. So 24 managers all in the discord. So we're sharing ideas. We're constantly talking about values and players and all that good stuff. But for the time being, we're doing our two separate drafts. So there's a lot of players I want to go through that we've seen discrepancies between 60 players and 60 picks in. And I think it's critical because then you sw- go back to this value discussion and the perceived value, and insulated value, and that's where things come into play and you start looking at manager to manager and how it varies. And there's a lot of edges to be had. And I think a lot of people can attest to that when going through the startups, oh, I can't believe player X dropped to this spot or I can't believe so-and-so reached for that player wasn't even on my board. And this is the point of the year, especially if it's a startup, everybody loves their team, right? You have 12 teams in the league, probably 10 of them might say, Yeah, I love my team. I'm going to contend here in year one. And we know that is not always the case. Talking about the biggest tips for first-time dynasty managers, as I said, I I think it's one aspect if it's an existing league and this is your first year, oftentimes, hey, you got to get rid of those veterans. You got to move them. Well, hopefully, if you weren't contending, you didn't have a trade deadline in your league. And you were able to move on from those assets, allow another team to push for that title. And we're talking about Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, all those aging running backs. You get past that dreaded age 24, it seems like. Get these guys off your roster, and hopefully you were able to do something similar and cash out and get the required value that was necessary. But the biggest mistake that people can make right now, in my opinion, is moving on from those assets, those aging assets, At a tremendous discount, just because you think, okay, my team isn't really contending. I want to put myself in a better situation. The best way to do that is to move these aging assets for picks or younger players. Well, how often do we see that not pan out? You know, I'm going to use Terrace Marshall as an example. There were several wide receivers and across every position, but especially wide receiver going into last season. And I say last season now, the beginning of 2021. A lot of people would have traded proven assets for a player like Terrace Marshall because he's young, he's a rookie, he's hyped. We like the Carolina landing spot. Joe Brady, before he was fired, the offensive coordinator, a lot of excitement. But we see this across every position. We see it across every league. And there's always managers that are looking to dump assets for players like that because there is that hype, there is that promise. There's that level of unknown that garners excitement. That would be my biggest takeaway. Don't look to move on from some of those assets just to get younger. You know, you don't want to force those trades. And I, uh, for me, again, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway. And I preach this and I talk about this, but I still do it. I still have those teams. I'm like, okay, I'm not contending. 2021 was a rough year. Wasn't due to injury. Wasn't due to players crapping the bed, so to speak, late in the season, just underperforming assets that maybe value swung tremendously one way or the other, most likely negatively because it wasn't a contending team. And now I'm looking to make moves. Don't force a move just to make a move. And that's critical. And we all do it. But that for me is the biggest takeaway that I think can help Dynasty managers, whether it's your first offseason here or you've been playing for 10 years, but you're hitting that panic button. And that's something to keep in mind there. Now, kind of transitioning from that, we all have our in-season values. And I look at my tiers and I look at my startup ADP, my startup tiers, if you will. But my startup tiers, I noticed, obviously, they correspond and tie in directly with my overall cross-positional tiers. Well, we're in week 15 still. My cross-positional tiers were greatly made up of in-season values. So I took place in the startup. you know, 15 rounds in for the MFL startup that I mentioned. I'm going through my tiers and I get to a certain player in the startup and I take a look and think, ah, I can't pull the trigger on taking that player at this point. Even though my tiers say, hey, JB, this is the move. I notice that a lot of it has that more in-season value, more win-now pieces. One example, Cordero Patterson. You know, I, I think I had him the the value across the positions corresponded to a late ninth round pick in super flex startups tight end premium leagues and I wasn't comfortable taking them there and he slipped he slipped he slipped and somebody took him much later on in the draft but talking about players that in my mind well in your mind that was specifically for Mitch and Dan but you know they leave me hanging every once in a while and I gotta pick up the slack. My back's been hurting a little bit probably from carrying the team. I don't know. Hopefully Mitch and Dan take the week off here. Not just from being on the show, but listening. But, you know, it's all love. It's all love, guys. So players that, in your mind, lose value as soon as week 17 ends. I mentioned Patterson. And I I think a lot of players, like, especially in the early stages of the offseason, Jalen Hurts, he's going to be an asset that is going to lose that perceived value. And there is that risk. And I went back, I go back to insulated value, right? Jalen Hurts is a player that might not necessarily have that insulated value depending on how things go tonight in week 15. Again, this is Tuesday. I'm recording or week 16, 17, 18. If they make the playoffs, this could be a very slippery slope for a player like that. Essentially, it's any player that has that risk, has the overall concern with their their price tag and their value. Uh, a Nick Chubb, he could be an example. He had a decent game last night on Monday Night Football, but still not being utilized in the passing game. It's a player that is about to turn 26 here just two days after Christmas. That's a concern for uh, from a value perspective. Austin Eckler, he's dinged up. He's potentially hitting the COVID list here. Let's say he's unable to play here in week 16. And then, like I said, he's still dinged up. That ankle, let's say he, he fizzles off here again. He enters his age 27 season with some question marks running backs over the age of 24. Heck, the age of 23 at times, we don't even want to talk about them or think about them when looking at our dynasty rosters. So it's kind of obvious looking at the players that could lose value. I think Cooper Cup, he is a player that a lot of people are pushing. Hey, you got to sell high, sell high, sell high. I'm in several leagues that don't have a trade deadline and I have Cooper Cup. And unfortunately, I'm not, you know, heading to the semifinals. I'm looking to move him. But the market overall is not there. I feel like that off-season value from heading into 2021, that's what people were kind of looking at more than the production we saw and any bump in value. But any assets that are overachieving, it's, I mean, it's silly to think about because it's so obvious, but those are the players that are losing the value as soon as week 17 ends, as soon as those championship rounds are over in your fantasy leagues and your dynasty leagues, those are the players that are going to lose value. I think Darren Waller is a perfect example from the tight end position. 29 years old is going to be 30 heading into 2022. 30-year-old tight end, we're already seeing, I mean, we've been seeing year after year, despite performances from a player like Travis Kelsey, hey, now's the year to sell, now's the year to sell. I always want to be a year early rather than a year late. And I feel like that's where we are with Darren Waller, especially with the injury. There is that recency bias, and we've seen that in these early off-season startups that I mentioned earlier now on the flip side players that are potentially going to gain value as soon as the off-season hits again this is an obvious one but it's a discussion that needs to be had because again I've going through my tiers in-season values there is a drastic swing once we hit the off-season and I'm looking at players like JK Dobbins I think Trey Lance is another one he's not giving you points now but once we hit that offseason, there is that bump in value and price as opposed to what we're seeing now. If a contender was looking to acquire a quarterback, that price tag certainly shifts once we leave the point scoring season and get to my favorite part of the year, spreadsheet football. And I know Mitch and Dan, they, they hear the word spreadsheet and they cringe. But it's my time of year. It's my time to shine. And I, I, I love it. I really do. But. Who are we talking about? J.K. Dobbins. I said, I'm kind of just going through my tears, and again, this is available in the Dynasty Theory Patreon, 5 bucks a month, uh, 15% off if you sign up for the whole year. We'll be doing discounts throughout the year as well, different giveaways, a lot of fun stuff, and we do the happy hours. A lot of great content coming at you. Zach Wilson, I think that's another one. His value might get that bump once the offseason hits because he's not scoring of points, but he has the age. He has the draft capital. Hopefully, things start to turn around for the New York Jets and we see Zach Wilson get that bump. We look at, we talk about injured players. Uh, I talked about J.K. Dobbins. Cam Akers is another one, especially with what we are seeing from Deontay Foreman in Tennessee. And I mentioned him because he's had an Achilles injury. The running back from Minnesota that I know if I say his name, I'm going to butcher it. I can't even say the simplest of names, but the backup running back there in Minnesota. Uh, with the Achilles injury showing explosiveness with the limited opportunities he's had. So I think those are all positive signs for Cam Akers, and we see a bump in value once the off-season hits. Wide receivers, those Denver wide receivers, I think this is a talking point every day. I feel like in the Dynasty Theory Discord, we're talking about Jerry Judy and we're talking about Cortland Sutton, even Noah Fant to an extent where they have not been productive, whether it is a product of the system. Or it's Teddy Bridgewater not supporting them in the way that he should, the way that he could, the way that he did in Carolina when we saw three top 25 receivers. But we're not seeing that in Denver. And for me, I think it's more a product of the system, but everybody wants to give them the benefit of the doubt, wants to give them a potential uptick in value because they think Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or heck, even Derek Carr might be an improvement if we see any of those quarterbacks somehow land in Denver next year so it's no surprise it's the young assets that have been underperforming or not performing at all because they're not seeing the field the injured players those are the ones that once the offseason hits we see that spike in value it happens every single year so if you have them on your roster hang tight let's see how the early offseason plays once we get some positive news around these injured players Derek henry cam Akers, jk dobbins a lot of running backs in the list We're going to start to see a spike in value. And then just to recap the types of players that lose the most value. Surprise, surprise. It's those veterans. It's those players that might have been overachieving based on preseason notions. I'm talking about you, Cooper Cup. And then they start coming back down a little bit. Now, is it right or wrong? That's for you to decide. But I just want to mention the shifts in value once we start transitioning to the offseason. So here's the fun part of the episode. And it's going to be a shorter episode. Surprise, surprise. I know people think, oh, JB, nobody's here to reel you in. You might talk for days. And I actually thought I might. But looking at the clock, one more main talking point here. It's it's a Christmas miracle, right? JB is not talking for days on end without Dan and Mitch. So like I said, we have two drafts going on right now. There are a few players. I pulled the ADP and we have a gentleman in the Discord, Phil. He's in the Dynasty Theory Patreon as well. So shout out to Phil. He is you know, much more high tech than Mitch, Dan, and myself. So what he was able to do, uh, what is it called? The API, da, 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 whatever it is behind the scenes. He's pulling all this details and, and data into a Google spreadsheet and he's pulling in the the ADP and everything going on in these two drafts. So what I did, I went through the top 60 picks from my MFL draft, found the players, where they went in relation to the rest of their position, where they went in relation to the rest of the positions overall for their overall ADP, and then did a little histogram chart, saw the main outliers on the MFL side compared to the sleeper side. So here is what I found. And you'll notice This ties in really, really well with the types of players we were mentioning earlier. I'm so used to saying we, no one else is here, that I was mentioning earlier that lose value or gain value as soon as Week 17 ends. First up, Christian McCaffrey. In one startup, he was running back two at 111. In the other startup, he was running back 10 at 312. So an entire two-round difference in ADP. Again, both of these similar settings, 12-team super flex, tight end premium. We're looking at that massive of a gap. And what I was going to do was ask Mitch and Dan, which of the values do you believe is closer? Now, this is going to tie in directly to my tiers. So you're stuck just hearing me talk about it. But I have Christian McCaffrey in a tier, let's see, 3, four, five, six, seven, eight. So he is between running back 3 and 8. So, the cop out answer is I, he's definitely somewhere in between. I'm not going to take him at running back two. I think Jonathan Taylor, of course, DeAndre Swift still for me, due to age and hopefully his increased usage in that Detroit offense. the fact I have his jersey on my wall, has nothing to do with that, of course. But running back ten at three twelve to get Christian McCaffrey, and he's one of those players that as soon as the off season hits, especially because he was injured, he he should be rising in value, and I think running back 10 in the draft that he went running back 10, that's the one I'm in. So I'm sitting there kicking myself in the frickin' behind here, thinking, how was I one of 11 people that let him slip so far? And then the 12th person scoops him up at the end of the third, almost heading into the fourth round. So Chris McCaffrey, I think he's a tremendous value at running back 10. And he's one of those players, again, because he was injured, especially at the running back position. Uh, he should be rising in value a little bit. Hopefully a clean bill of health, health heading into 2022. Still has some, uh, you know, hopefully a few solid years under his belt, uh, you know, that we could look ahead to. For me, somewhere in the middle of running back two and ten, but a little closer to running back two. But again, I'm not taking him at running back two. He's not tier that is three to eight. Another gentleman, DK Metcalf. We talk about players that haven't really produced. And this it's almost like the Denver situation where is it the quarterback play? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it the scheme? And I think a lot of people are putting to the scheme in this situation. So DK Metcalf, wide receiver nine in one draft, wide receiver four in the other, 302, 408. That's where he went in ADP. This is one that I am closer to Wide receiver nine, probably. I'm going to take CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, without a doubt, ahead of DK Metcalf. So at best, we're looking at wide receiver four. But then you start throwing in some of these guys like Tyree Kill, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. They are all in a tier for me with DK Metcalf. Most likely, you don't have to take any of them over DK Metcalf. Just because he's going to go certainly in startups prior to some of those guys. But you see, when I compare these two startups, one wide receiver nine, that's not always going to be the case. So for me, DK Metcalf, I have him a little bit closer to wide receiver nine. And let's say Russell Wilson heads somewhere else. Tyler Lockett. He has been performing. He has been the target hog in this offense. DK Metcalf, sure, he has a splash games, and I'm not one to sit here and preach about consistency because, quite frankly, it doesn't matter all that much. In my mind, you talk to 2017, John, preaching consistency. I want guys to do this week in and week out, but over time, I've gravitated away from that, and I think that's the way to go. So DK Metcalf, not using the inconsistency, as a negative necessarily but the splash games are too uh too far apart and they're not giving you i I think enough return there so wide receiver four or nine like i said wide receiver nine for me another gentleman dj moore his swing wasn't as drastic it was wide receiver nine wide receiver 14 between the two drafts i would have him closer to wide receiver 14 though And I know it's crazy to think about the dude is still only 24 years old. He still produces despite underwhelming quarterback play. Look at what he dealt with in the years past. Look at what he's dealing with this year. Sam Darnold off to a hot start kind of fizzles out. And I say kind of fizzles out. That is really giving him the benefit of the doubt. He was terrible before the injury. Now Cam Newton, it hasn't been great. But DJ Moore still age on his side. And, you know, I think he has shown he can be somewhat productive even with limited quarterback play. But so far, those are the three players, fairly large gaps in ADP. And we look at it when we're looking at ADP, I always say it only takes one person to jack up somebody's ADP. It just takes one person to take Christian McCaffrey at running back, two, whereas everybody else in the league is going to let him slip, let him slip. So that's why ADP can be a little bit deceiving. But the point of this exercise and this recap and this conversation is to talk about the range of these players. So when you go into your offseason startups, you have that idea, that range. Hey, I'm targeting Christian McCaffrey here, but there is probably a 50% chance that he goes by this point in the draft. And that's why I like looking at some of the players where their ADP was very similar from league to league, looking at these two startups. But again, it's all folks in our Discord. So how much of shared values and thought processes are seeping together? And that's why a lot of these players, they surprise me because we talk about their values constantly in the Discord and on the Patreon, but there are still outliers within that smaller community, within the Dynasty community. So I thought it was really intriguing. Another player, Dalvin Cook, running back two at 109, Running back 13 at 409. So, trying to figure out where you're going to get Dalvin Cook. I'm a little bit closer actually to the running back 13 range, but I am surprised that it took that draft that long, 409, to get to their running back 13. You know, looking across different leagues, you see different values across each position. Sometimes it's QB early, sometimes it's fade running back tight end early if it's tight end premium. At least, again, this gives you an idea. I already mentioned. Cooper Cup, right? Wide receiver 5, wide receiver 14, looking at these two different drafts. Nothing but productive. Nothing but a target hog. Robert Woods goes out. Odell Beckham comes in. Van Jefferson has been emerging. The tight ends have been obsolete in this offense tyler higby all the opportunity in the world and cooper cup has that relationship and you could talk about the going to breakfast with matthew stafford every morning and really developing that rapport and that relationship but if that's the narrative that if that's what it takes cooper cup has been nothing but productive and matthew stafford isn't going anywhere cooper cup is that guy 28 years old a few injuries throughout his career when he's healthy He's getting the volume. That's a guy that I want on my team. And I think he offers tremendous upside. Obviously, we've seen the upside as the wide receiver one overall. But based on his price, I think a lot of people are going to have him closer to wide receiver 14 because, you know, we're all about that age in the dynasty community. But if you can get him in that eight, nine, 10 range, that's a huge win for me. And I have him sitting here in that tier, like I mentioned. Adams, Diggs, Cup, Metcalf, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, the, the way these values change so quickly. Cooper Cup, if everybody else is saying, and I know there's a lot of pods out there, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter everywhere saying, sell Cooper Cup, sell him, sell him, sell him. This is the opportunity to buy at a discount, in my opinion, because his value is stable. There's nothing that can happen, barring an injury, barring something crazy there with Matthew Stafford or the Rams organization. There's nothing that can happen for him to lose value, minus the fact he's going to be a year older in 2022. Austin Eckler. We're going from the Los Angeles Rams to the Los Angeles Chargers, running back five to running back 12. He was a guy I said in the offseason. I hope everybody listened that he could be a top four running back here in 2021. He has met and exceeded expectations for me personally. A running back that I have you know uh, several shares of across the board with all that said he has such a fragile value in my opinion we have seen look at derrick henry at the age of 27 heck look at jk dobbins and cam makers and travis Etienne. although those injuries varying player to player a lot of concern with the achilles for cam makers but looking at jk dobbins like oh there's a concern he's going to be in a committee well are we sure that Austin Eckler won't be in one in 2022 with what we've seen with Justin Jackson, Kelly, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces there in that backfield. And it looks like they're kind of gravitating more towards conserving Eckler rather than really running him into the ground. And is some of it maybe just because he's dinged up with the ankle injury? Sure. But there is that concern there. And like I said, he has that fragile value. And I hate to say it, but I'm close to the running back 12 spot. Where he was taken in the sleeper draft as opposed to running back five. It really is just because the instability looking at the running back position and how things vary so quickly. Last player here, we've talked a lot about veterans. We've talked a lot about veterans, but there's one player that had the widest range. Again, I only looked at the first sixty picks from the MFL draft. And then I went to the sleeper draft and I was like, okay, there's one player that really he didn't show up in the first sixty picks of the MFL draft but he showed up at pick 37 in sleeper. And that is Elijah Moore wide receiver eight versus wide receiver 25. We have seen tremendous growth from him from quarterback to quarterback. I know people are saying, well, he doesn't really perform well with Zach Wilson doesn't get the target share that he got with the other quarterbacks whenever they filled in. While that is true, we saw plenty from him as a rookie second round draft capital that we should be excited about. But again, the question is which is closer wide receiver eight or wide receiver 25. It's wide receiver 25 for me. There are just too many good wide receivers in the middle range there that we're looking at back end wide receiver one, all the way down to low end wide receiver two, that most of the time the value is so uh, the the gap in value is so small, so minuscule, that I don't, I couldn't possibly take Elijah Moore at wide receiver eight. Again, none of these are a knock on any of the managers that happen to take any of these players in either of these drafts. But it's such an interesting conversation. If you play on either platform, you're going to see discrepancies. But it's finding those discrepancies and somehow taking advantage, at least in your mind, as a manager what fits for you. And knowing when I go into a draft, yeah, player X's ADP is 305, but hey, there's a wide variance there. And like I said, it only takes one person to really make somebody's ADP climb and that can really impact and and change the overall data. Th- this was a quick episode like I said. I hope everybody enjoyed the episode coming at you with a midday special. Dan He is off coaching basketball tonight. We have the two Monday night or Monday night, Tuesday night football games. Mitch taking the night off here. I appreciate you all joining me. I appreciate everybody tuning in, checking out the podcast. I hope, I hope the solo podcast didn't put anybody to sleep. Maybe have a cup of coffee ready. I don't know. But now that we're done, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show, Twitter, at Dynasty Theory FF. We've been a little quiet over there recently. We're in the Discord constantly. Mitch, Dan, myself, and just fantastic minds in there talking 24-7 about values, about players, about issues arising, commissioner questions, startup ADP, rookie drafts, whatever the case may be. It's a great community. So hopefully you come check it out if you enjoy this content. And then you check out our Patreon, five bucks a month over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory for mitch sorensen dan lamania i'm john bauer i hope everybody if you celebrate have a fantastic christmas if you don't celebrate that's fine too spend time with your family with your loved ones and hopefully you get a few days off of work and i hope everybody has a very happy new year we'll catch you all in 2022 have a great night everybody